Reservoirs. I saw no reservoirs whatsoever, and I feel cheated. But was there a dog? There was a dog. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 89, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And we begin deep in the war. War! <laughs> so we're seeing what the war was like for, for Archie and Eric, and uh, we're going to be flashing back to these World War One foxholes. <laughs> Of the war! They're dressed like it's Saving Private Ryan, and the tactics are fucking Wonder Woman. We're, we're mixing it all up in there. I'm, yes. I'm surprised we aren't hearing, like, Bad Moon Rising or something. Yes. Jackson has been hit, and Archie is, is rushing to his aid, and uh, I'm like, Jackson, where you been, buddy? It's been a hot minute. And it really hasn't. Like, I remember in the last episode, I was talking about, like, oh, yeah, remember how long Betty's been looking for her sister? Not that long. Everything just feels like so, it's been forever. It really feels like it's been seven years. Because of the, f- because of the like, five-month break. <laughs> Jackson is like, I can't feel my legs. Are they there? And Archie looks. And then we go with him in this pan. And, like, 12 feet down the foxhole is just a fucking leg. They are there. For a certain definition of there. You have to emphasize there. It like, is within sight. I can see it. You know that, I can see your leg. You know that popular song in this war, over there, over there? Yeah, that song's about your legs. I think you need to get a little more specific with your questioning, Jackson, of is my leg attached to my body? Because then the answer is no. So this <laughs> wakes up Archie because these, of course, are memory nightmares. What he's waking up to is noise, and it's uh, Eric Jackson. He has a name, first name I kind of forgot. Um, <laughs> and he is having a, a episode. Yeah, he has. He thinks he's there. He has his rifle in the the living room. Yes, and he is calling out uh, uh, bearings and distances and, uh, as he scans the horizon. And then when Archie comes down there, he he turns the gun on Archie. And before he can actually shoot him, because it seems very much like he's going to, yeah. Frank just knocks him the shit out. Uncle Frank, the hero. like Who yeah. is still not in jail. I'm sure by now he has that pardon. Like, he's not going back. We're not going to address it, though. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to remember that the, the Andrews family home has gone from cool dad and troubled son to basically the, the veterans' refuge in Riverdale. Yes, yes. They are running a VA they, they, facility, They are the VA of Riverdale. Yeah. So, so meanwhile, in the middle of the night, uh, Tabitha and Betty are having their own adventure. And that is Tabitha being uh, on the radio with Betty, who is driving a truck down the lonely highway, tracking truckers. Yeah, she's, she's going up and down the highway, uh, trailing any truck she, she finds suspicious and, and calling out its, you know, plates and behavior and whatever to Tabitha on the CB. Back it pops, like, with a map. So, so Betty wants to trail this one truck, uh, uh, taking an exit off the lonely highway. And Tabitha's like, no, that route takes you out of range. If that's a limiting factor in your operation, just text. You have phones. I've seen them. Just put your phone on speaker just... and talk to each other. <laughs> I don't understand. This episode like... has an incredible dedication to communications through the ages. Yes. And the thing that's very weird is later, Betty and Tabitha text and call each other a lot. Yes. So I don't understand why in this moment we've forgotten. But uh, we're going to talk about Veronica's office having a little, oh like, God. breakfast at Tiffany's ass phone. princess phone. It's fucking ridiculous. While Hiram is rocking a sleek black rotary phone, as always. Yes. And then later, Veronica has a cell phone with the extendy, like, aluminum uh, uh, antenna that, yes. that goes four feet out. There are so many time periods in this entire episode. It's so it. much. It's it. just like the war. People talk about the the, the the mishmash of period props, and they should. It's fucking great. I, I think the deciding factor, it really comes down to what movie are they quoting at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much. 
What are they quoting or what are they trying to imitate? Yeah, yeah. That's why Veronica has two very distinct phones in the same plot. Yes. (laughs) Betty, of course, doesn't listen to Tabitha. Nope. (laughs) And she follows this trucker who that ends up stopping. So she decides to stop too and get out of her truck and be like, just kind of chat. Hey, hey there, attractive man. I'm a lonely highway, lonely girl. Um, you need some company. Basically, it turns out into, you know, dear trucker version of penthouse. I never thought it would happen to me. So, you know, when she's like, hey. Do you got any cash for this? That's when he's like, I'm the FBI, bitch. Yeah. And then we see Glenn. (laughs) Fucking Glenn. Glenn's back. Hooray. (laughs) He's all like, well, you know, we're, they're they're like, we're the FBI. And she's like, I'm the FBI too. And Glenn's like, no, No, you're not. (laughs) You're not still the FBI. You're very much not. And so then they have an argument and Betty points out the fact that he is just trapping girls. Yeah, yeah. Glenn is running a, a, a sting operation, uh, which Betty points out is entrapment. I mean, stings have a very fuzzy line, and it's not hard for them to become entrapment. Good job, Betty. Wait a minute. This was your job until two weeks ago. You did this all the time. And then she's like, God, I should have stabbed you harder when I had the chance. <laughs> to which he replies, hand your badge over. I'll arrest you because I'm actually the FBI. Love to get back at my ex by setting up a sting operation to interrupt her rogue investigation. So then we go uh, catch up on Little Red Riding Hood, a.k.a. Cheryl, who is taking a stroll in the dark through the woods in front of her house, mm-hmm. where she encounters a creepy man Not in just... the woods. And it is Kevin! It's Kevin! Kevin dressed up like Captain America undercover in, in uh, the Winter Soldier movie. And uh, he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> he gets spooked like a baby deer and books just it. just runs away when she's left there with her lantern and her red cloak. And she calls him Kevin of Finland, which is great, because it gave me an excuse to show my wife some Tom of Finland pictures. Oh my gosh! You weren't familiar. No! Do you I... want to be more familiar? I don't need that in my Google search. Every year, we watch people hang out at International <laughs> it, Mr. Leather. It gives me so much perspective It makes now. a lot more sense now, It makes huh? so much more sense. I don't mean, like, we're not eating popcorn no, or anything. Just, not. like, our, our bus route we, used to go by the hotel where it's we, held. Keep Well... Calm down, people. Miss, Mr. Leather always happened... The same weekend every year, and there was always, like, other... It was always Free Comic Book Weekend. No. Wasn't it? No. What was no, it? No, uh, the, the Polish parade was Free Comic Book Day. Well, Mr. Leather was always the weekend of something else, though. Memorial Day. It was, like, the first weekend of spring was Mr. Leather, baby. Well, for some reason, we always ended up, like, going past. We were always going downtown. Because <laughs> it's a gorgeous day. Yeah. And it was just always like, oh, yep, there are assless chaps mm-hmm. out in front of the, the Congress Hotel, and that man does not leave much to the imagination over there. I think that's just a dish towel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love going to Millennium Park the one day a year where you pass do, by a dozen dudes in harnesses having a smoke break uh, right, at, at the taxi stand. Right next to the Amish? <laughs> And then, like, the, like the middle-aged tourists that have their urban walking sticks. That's Chicago, baby. That's, that's life it. in the big city. I love it so much. Like, that experience and just, like, reading a book at uh, uh, The Bean and hearing six different languages, that's Chicago yes. for me. I love it. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I say this with, like, all respect to them. Like, yeah, not at all absolutely. making fun of them or, like, what they're into. Like, it's just so good. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's always those people that you can tell book that hotel and did not know what was going on that weekend. I'm really upset for them uh, because of, you know, uh, they, they delayed to what, November? They're going to be so cold! They're going to die. They're going to freeze and die. I'm so worried do for they, their little asses. Do they make leather coats? Like, winter yes. coats? I mean, yeah. Like, they're just going to look like the fucking Matrix over there. <laughs> it's going to be amazing in a completely different way. <laughs> if you're cold, they're cold. Let them in. Wait, that's not a dog. That's just a guy doing puppy play. Damn it. Every time. <laughs> Fools me every time. So, meanwhile, it's the next morning at the Andrews VA. Mm-hmm. And Archie and Frank are talking about the war. He's like, hey, Archie, how you doing since the war? And Frank is, God bless him, the first person I can remember, at least in a long time, to bring up a need for professional help. 
Yes. The closest we got to therapy is a very involved guidance counselor. Yes. And he, so he, he talks about how, like, there, there's help and, and maybe talking and whatnot and all that would do some good. And oh. he talks, they talk about how, like, Jackson has nightmares. But then he's like, well, Archie, you get any nightmares since the war? And I'm like, wait, the war's over? It is for them. They, they got but, discharged. It, but is it, like, over, over? It's the 21st century. Even in Riverdale, wars never end. Well, I would like to point out the branding. Did you catch the branding that was happening? There was a very strategically placed box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. (laughs) Are we having, like, budget issues? Well, not anymore. Not with that Cinnamon Toast Crunch money. Just wait when we find out that that Archie Superior was actually General Mills himself. Oh my god! Uh, so, so, uh, Reggie is now working at Veronica's shop. Mm -hmm. She is talking about her list of potential investors and how she's got to replace the funds that Chad lost. In his Ponzi scheme. So there's lots of, you know, aggressive investment banking that needs to happen. Hey, hey, Veronica, aggressive investment banking is a Ponzi scheme. Your entire industry is fucking shit. Yeah. So Cheryl goes to see Kevin. At work. Remember the school? (laughs) These kids have not had an education. You know, she's like, hey, I thought you stopped cruising. He's like, well, I did for a while. Then he stopped stopping. Then he stopped stopping. And Cheryl uh, tries to recruit him to her cult. Yeah, Kevin needs some church. Kevin needs to go to church. She's like, well, I I think what you were looking for in the woods is the meat, you know, peace. You're looking for peace. And he says, quote, no, I'm pretty sure I was just looking for a hookup. Good for you, Kevin. Stick to your guns. She's like, well, Kevin, we've started a ministry. You should come. And he's like, that sounds like a classic Blossom scam. Like, Mm -hmm, no, mm -hmm. no. You remember Kevin has some experience with cults? Didn't end very well. Remember how her mom was the gargoyle king? That too. So she keeps bugging him like all cults do until you break. And uh, he finally agrees that he will check it out. Oh, no, my baby Kevin. Betty and Tabitha are together. Mm-hmm. And Tabitha's like, you know, you're really fucking lucky it was the FBI, not like someone that was going to chop your head off. It sucks when the FBI stops you from finding the murder kidnapper. Yes. They're always doing that. So then they come up with the idea that instead of, like, trying to go out onto the Lonely Highway, maybe they should bring the Lonely Highway to them. So they are going to lure truckers here mm-hmm. to to Pops, to the White Worm, they with entertainment. Drop, they name drop the film Coyote Ugly at least eight times in this episode. Oh they keep my. saying Coyote Ugly. What I love is Betty's like, have you ever seen the movie Coyote Ugly? And Tabitha's like, why, yes. Some song, I don't know, is my karaoke go-to. I will say I like the movie Coyote Ugly. I've not seen the movie Coyote Ugly. We could, like, watch the movie Coyote Ugly. Okay, but I'm pretty sure no coyotes in it. And also, the ladies are rather attractive. It's a liar. The film is a liar from the beginning. (laughs) Where's my reservoir in this episode? (laughs) Yeah, they're going to have Riverdale's own Coyote Ugly and uh, they're going to talk to Fangs about it, and they're going to do it down in the White Worm, and it'll be a great way to get their own murder victims. I think Betty is just feeling creatively stagnant. You know, she just lost her job. She's thinking back to the good old days, you know, when she did that sad striptease in front of her mom to Mad World. <laughs> well, it's time to do it again! <laughs> you know, the good old days. In the new White Worm with her mom watching. So, uh, Archie and Jackson get home. They had mm-hmm. tried to go to the VA and were very unsuccessful in getting, like, paperwork and whatnot filed. We know how that goes. They've tried they, They've tried reaching out through official channels before, and there's just too much backlog, too much red tape. Very discouraging. Except this time, there's a doggy. No, thanks to the VA. No, thanks this... to Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank brought home a little doggy. Brought home a dog, and it's a shelter dog. Then the weirdest fucking thing is, like, Frank, who's been, like, living with Archie for, like, weeks now, is like, hey, didn't you have a dog the last time I was here? And Archie's like, yeah, Vegas. Mom took him to Chicago, and he died. Yeah, Frank, it's been seven years. What do you think happened to Vegas? He's a golden retriever. They don't last forever. Vegas was already, like, how the fuck old was Vegas? Right? Because, like, it seems like Vegas existed when Archie was a small child. (laughs) So Vegas was already, like, ten. Vegas was a senior dog. Yeah. 
So I'm guessing he unfortunately didn't last very long I mean, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. He, he got to live out his golden years. Good for him. Every year he, he'd go by international Mr. Leather guys smoking by the bus stop. Yes. How did it not dawn on you to ask <laughs> until now? Hey, uh, your friend next door, what happened to her cat Caramel? I've al- I always liked that cat. Different story, same <laughs> ending. There's also this dog like hot dog that would hang around. No one knows. No one. Mothman. Mothman adopted abducted hot dog. That's why no, they adopted. Him. They adopted him because no one else fucking would. Well, it's because the Mothman wants to be inducted into into the serpents, and that used to be part of it. <laughs> So now they have to do the strip tease in front of Alice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then get beaten up by Sweet Pea. <laughs> yes. Where is Sweet Pea? Where the fuck is Sweet Pea? Sweet Pea moved to Chicago to live out his golden years. Where the fuck is Sweet Pea? So over at the cult, Nana Rose is really good at playing the organ. Yes, organist Nana playing Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. For this episode, at least, this is not a cult. This is just a cringy youth ministry. This is mainstream Protestantism as delivered by Cheryl Blossom. That's a cult. I do not understand how Jason fits into their theology. He's Jesus. It's a cult. They're talking about like real ass Jesus though. Like Jason doesn't come into it this week. He is the Jesus. Okay. Okay. Like you you have to be in it for long enough for them to like spring that twist on you yeah okay that's what they're doing they're like getting everyone involved by doing like oh we're just a normal church that really likes red Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then they're gonna be like jason christ i buy that i get that especially because there are a lot of unspoken signs of tension between the two blossoms yeah as cheryl is taking much more of a leadership role yeah uh, and so Penelope and Cheryl sing, and my favorite um, thing is Kevin's face. <laughs> and he's just like, what the fuck? Nope. He does not last to the end of the song. He nopes the fuck he, out of nope. there. Uh, so uh, Veronica is on the phone with investors. Mm-hmm. and um, Not just any investor, Mr. Mamet. I have to think, right? David Mamet? Is, is it David Mamet? How many Mamets are there? Exactly. Reggie, Reggie's listening and the mammoth doesn't take it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when she gets off the phone and, you know, she's all like, well, when I was the she-wolf of Wall Street and how many fucking times do they throw that around this entire episode? Perhaps more it? times than they say Coyote Ugly, honestly. There's a lot of animals being name-dropped. Yes. We got coyotes. We got wolves. We, we got, got dogs. Foxes. We got foxes. The wild foxes. Yeah, it's, it's a very canid episode of Riverdale. FYL, wild foxes is what we name the coyote ugly of Riverdale. Yes, yes. The, yeah. the lineup to be uh, announced later. Yes. Stay tuned, folks. So so Reggie is all like, hey, let me work for you. I'm a sales guy. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. This is just closing a sale. I can do this. She's like, okay, so it's two o'clock. If you can turn these leads into, if you can turn a lead into a sale, by the time uh, the market closes... We can work together. He's like, great, I got till six. And she's like, no, you got till four, you idiot. (laughs) I I do like this exchange because uh, Veronica's hesitation is that this is a specialized field. You need to know finance to sell finance. And Reggie's like, bullshit. Bullshit. You need to know selling to sell finance. And and she does get up in the end. You need to know some things. You kind of need to know the actual operating hours of the of the trading floor. Uh, so Betty and Tabitha go to see Fangs. Um, so he can run the idea past Tony for the full-blown Coyote Ugly bar. Oh, and he's you like, mean the oh, Tyra Banks movie? Oh! He's a big fan, too. Yeah. In case you forgot Fangs is gay, he knows it as the Tyra Banks movie. So... You know that's why they gave oh, him that yeah, line. Oh, totally, yeah. You know that's totally, why. Totally. Totally why they did. So then they show him some uh, artwork they drafted up for the <laughs> Wild Foxes. They have a whole rebrand. They have renders. He asks, quote, who are the hot ladies? <laughs> and Betty just says, us. We are. <laughs> it's so Duh. good. <laughs> Duh. Again, he does have an excuse. He could just be like, oh, oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you are. I-, I only look at guys. So Archie is uh, attempting to call the VA again for Jackson and is mm-hmm. having no luck. And then he's uh, kind of zones out and Frank's like, oh, are you thinking about Vegas? 
Because he's, like, kind of zoning out while looking at Jackson with the dog. And they are so sweet together. He yeah. loves this dog. The dog is really warming up to him. Uh, he's like, no, I'm thinking about bingo. Because I'm old. I like to play bingo at the <laughs> McDonald's. You just win coupons, but you don't have to pay. Bingo is apparently a stray dog that the pl- platoon adopted mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the war. In their wood slat reinforced foxholes. Fucking black adder shit. We we go back to Reggie, who is attempting to close a sale with the clock clicking down. There is less than two minutes left until it is four o'clock. And you know what he does? He fucking does it. Yes, he does, man. He's a closer. He closes that sale. For Pearls and Posh, Posh. which is the name of which is the name of their uh, investment firm, Pearls and Posh. Their scam. <laughs> Uh, I do love Reggie in this. He's just so proud mm-hmm. of his selling skills this whole episode. <laughs> it's very nice. Kevin and Cheryl are back together. At school. At school. And he's like, well, it wasn't like really my speed. And she's like, Kevin, you have holes inside that you're trying to fill. Yeah, that's what the cruising's for. Come on. Yeah. Let me fill my hole. One or two. Come on. So then she's like, well, is this, this is really about fangs, isn't it? And so then they talk about how, yeah, he hates how they left things and breaking up with him was the worst thing he's ever done. And I'm like, yes, it fucking is. God, that scene, though, it tears my heart out just thinking about it. And so Cheryl, though, does encourage him to to go to his man, to make amends, to try, because he should at least try. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who is teaching these children? <laughs> Weatherby. <laughs> You think every day, every day, all of our characters are just like ringing up like, hey, B, I got the flu again. I'm, I'm trailing truckers again. I, uh, I have to fabricate a light rig for my new table dancing crew. <laughs> hey, Waldo, I'm still hitchhiking back to New York City. Uh, I'm on sabbatical, I guess. Sorry, I'm just driving the lonely highway pretending to be a hooker to try to kill some dudes. I don't think I can make it in tomorrow to teach shop. Uh, af- after my students caused hyperinflation, I think I'm going to stick with my two other businesses. Sorry, boss. Kevin goes to see Fangs. Um, Fangs is not too happy to see him. He, he's, he's like, like oh, not, mm, mm, I'm bl- not a great time. Kevin is not taking no for an answer. He, he just go- barges straight into the apartment, and there is a guy there who's all like popping out of the kitchen with more baguette to the rescue. And who's that dude? That dude is a very beardy Moose Mason. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing they introduce him because you don't really recognize, recognize him. him with the beard. I didn't know who Until it was. Until they're like, oh yeah, that is Moose behind that. How about, yeah, look at you. I'm glad you survived the war. Kevin freaks out. He's like, oh my God, you're together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I gotta wake up from this nightmare because my ex-boyfriends are sleeping with each other. Bye. Man, if Joaquin shows up, it's every gay man on the show, okay. and one of okay. them is a skeleton. I'll save my prediction for later. <laughs> save it. I'll save it for later. He's just marionetted like the lost skeleton of Cadavera. <laughs> Climb down the rocks like I do. Archie has a flashback to saving Jackson. They're like hearing this this whimpering noise, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh no, that's Bingo! It's Bingo! He's in the middle of no man's land." Yeah, it's straight up World War I tactics, whatever this war is. Yep. And so Archie wants to go save him from No Man's Land, but Jackson is like, no, you can't. We'll die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As he's dying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but then Archie wakes up, and it's Jackson shaking him awake. He's like, the dog's gone. We gotta go save him. And and this is our big, exciting, like, uh, uh, cliffhanger for, for the act break, for the commercial. And then we come back from the commercial, and the dog's not missing anymore. They, they found it in a cupboard. Fr- Frank's like, it's okay, guys. <laughs> He's right here. He's just sleeping. <laughs> it's the most anticlimactic thing I think the show's ever done. Ah, the dog. The dog. We gotta find the dog. Well, There's the dog. There it is. And what I love was this was, like, in the fucking trailer. Like, this scene. Yes, yes, of Frank Frank finding the dog. Yeah, and you think, oh my god, what's going on? It's literally, he's like, yeah, the door must have been open and he wandered in for a place to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! But it it shows how, like, immediately Jackson is all about this dog. Him and this dog are are all about it. And And also that, like, the dog gets scared. 
There's yeah. there's stuff going on with this dog too. The dog, the dog wants his own little hidey hole. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be like Jughead under the stairs in a closet. <laughs> Jughead loved that closet. He wanted to be there. Absolutely, that was Plan A. <laughs> Hey, it is like where they thought maybe Jughead will be here, or maybe it's where he'll put his drugs because it's safe. Because he knows nobody checks. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they have a better custodian now because the custodian they had back then died. was a murderer who died. So then we get a montage of Veronica and Reggie calling people and, and getting business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Reggie's like, hey, doing good at this. What's my commission? And he doesn't really like that. He's like, so if I get like more leads... You'll give me more, right? Yeah. uh, Industry standard is apparently 5%. That's what he's getting. He wants 15. He wants triple commission if he can bring in the leads that then get converted to actual clients. She's like, okay, I'll give you 10 if you can. (laughs) And so what his idea is, is to steal the leads from Sodale. How do we find gullible people with more money than cents? Sodale. They've already been scammed once. They're easy marks. And we can just explain to them that they've been scammed. That's the dumb part. And That's they should very come to stupid. us instead, and we won't scam them. That immediately puts someone on the defensive. It's a great way to hurt Hiram, but it does not help you. It's very dumb. <laughs> so then Archie comes home to the dog barking obsessively. Yes. And what we find out is that the dog, uh, Jackson was out with the dog on a walk, and they ran into another big dog, and it freaked the dog out, and Jackson ended up getting bit. Yes. And Archie, like, jumps to, like, go call the rescue. Like, they can't adopt this type of dog out. And Frank's like, no, this is all my fault. And what we find out is that the dog is from, like, a dog fighting ring, they think. Yes. So lots of trauma for this poor puppy. Frank did get him from the shelter, though. That part is honest. But, like, they warned him up front. And I don't know, maybe he signed a waiver or something. So... My favorite part of this scene, though, is that Archie explains... (laughs) What dog fighting is, you know, for the benefit of the viewer, I guess. For, you know, Uncle Frank, in case you weren't aware what dog fighting is, let me lay it out for you. That's going on in Riverdale? This is what the thing is? The dictionary description of it? <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, Archie, that's what dog fighting is. <laughs> and so he storms out after yes. his explanation. Probably to go punch a dictionary. <laughs> Again, Reggie and Veronica, with their, you know, calling all their investors, they they call a, a Mr. Barry. I wish they called David Mamet. I I love to see that fool make a cameo. So so they they they're talk. Reggie's talking to him, w- winning him over, mm. basically, and then they bring up how like you know Sodale was a scam. So then this guy calls Lot Mr. Lodge calls Hiram. Yeah, <laughs> and is on like a two way like two phones. Yeah, you know that scene in Mean Girls? So, like, let me yell at Hiram Lodge, where I also have you on the other phone, and I'm talking between the two of you as you're making deals to me to either stay or to win my business. They're basically in a bidding war. Like, this dude wants to throw his money at somebody. Someone take my money. Somebody make it worth my while. And Veronica wins... With 35% and a Glamourge egg. Yeah, a Glamourge egg signing bonus. Does she have a Glamourge chicken? Where do these all come from? So then Hiram throws his rotary phone <laughs> and Veronica and Reggie toast with champagne. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is like our one Hiram scene and it's pretty good. It's pretty good because he's not strong. It shows that like Hiram the flatterer, Hiram the smooth talker yeah. is not his position of strength. Well, and Hi- Hiram the Enforcer, Hiram like the bringer of terror, that's where his power is. Well, and what's good with all of these like investor scenes is they shoot them differently. It's mm-hmm, all lots mm-hmm. of quick cuts and different camera angles, a lot like different types of movies about like investing in scams. Yeah, yeah, like they great. are directorially quoting The Wolf of Wall Street yeah, a lot. And it's like, shot. I- very much like the Wolf of Wall Street. I wish they wouldn't keep saying it, but like I get it and it works. <laughs> So, uh, Reggie's all like, what do we do next? And Veronica's like, we take the night off, because we have to help Betty and Tabitha. We're gonna cross over with another plot for once, but don't worry, it's just the one scene. We'll be back to our plot soon. It's okay. So, Cheryl and Kevin have another heart-to-heart. Kevin fills her in about Fangs and Moose having, um, some baguettes. You know, baguettes. 
And so Cheryl goes on this whole thing about how, you know, what he really needs is is to give back. And perhaps a night of service will help him find peace and meaning. So you know what he should do? He should work with Cheryl when she goes to help out Betty and Tabitha tonight. Because it will help his soul. And I'm hoping against hope that, like, she's inviting Kevin to be the token beefcake. Oh, that's all I wanted! In the Fleet Foxes or whatever. <laughs> the Fleet Foxes is a band? They've probably been in Riverdale uh, by no, now. No, they have not. No? No, they have not. They're very much not Riverdale style. Uh, the, the Wild Foxes. Okay, Wild Stallions. Right, got it. Good, cool. At the club, they all go over the plan. We got first off, we got we got Betty, we got Tabitha, we got Cheryl, we got Veronica, we got uh, the- Kevin. We have. <laughs> I was gonna say those are the wild foxes, and then you said Kevin. Kevin is not a wild fox. <laughs> and we got Reggie, and we got Alice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Alice is going to be bartending because Fangs is helping Archie with some dog thing. <laughs> So the the plan is that they have wired up uh, Pops and the White Worm for sound and video. They they have full surveillance everywhere. The unnamed staff uh, uh, that keeps this place running whenever we're not there. The plan is to check the ID of every trucker that comes in, write down their name and their uh, driver's license number. And while they're putting on the show... Kevin and Reggie are going to go break into all the trucks and see what's in them. Yep, yep, yep. If there's anything suspicious, you, you call that in and, and we'll, we'll check them out. Yep. And Betty closes with the immortal advice, no one goes off alone with any truckers, okay? Betty. Betty. Betty, we need to have a talk. Betty, we gotta hold up a mirror to you when you say that. Betty's very do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Things uh, is with Archie mm-hmm. and Jackson, and he's like, "Yep, I looked around. It's true. There's dog fighting rings. Here's this address of the guy who organizes it. It's going to be a couple weeks till the next one." This is apparently a huge draw. The the dog fighting scene in Riverdale. People come down from like Montreal. Did he say? How desperate are you for a dog fight? You go from Montreal to the New York City suburbs. I am pretty sure there is dog fighting. Much closer to you. You know, somewhere in Canada? Yeah. We're talking a six-hour drive? 599 kilometers. I mean, you could take a flight. It's a short flight. Yeah, take a flight with (laughs) your dog fighters. Uh, Are you entering the United States for business or pleasure? I'd rather not say. (laughs) I'd really rather not say. Are you sure your dog is an emotional support animal? (laughs) It makes me feel better to watch him bite people. (laughs) You know, they say all this and Fangs is like, it's great. We'll have enough time to loop Sheriff Keller in, make sure he knows what's going on. And Archie's like, no, no, Sheriff Keller. We're going to get this guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so his whole thing is like, we're going to kill this scumbag. Well, not kill him. He says hurt, but we really know he means kill. (laughs) And Jackson's like, I thought we were just saving the dogs. He's such a sweet boy. He's such a sweet, nice boy who wanted to assassinate Hiram Lodge in his initial episode. Hey, I'm glad it went this way for him because I really thought he was going to be like a dog murderer or something. (laughs) So back at the bar. It's dance time, baby. Tabitha gets to sing. Yeah. uh, All four girls take a bit of the song. They all have a, a, a verse and a dance to Poison's Nothing But A Good Time. Classic, classic trucker bar music, honestly. Like, this is actually good. Yeah. There are more out-of-place music choices in this oh, show yeah. and in this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get a montage, basically, while this is happening. We, we see Reggie and Kevin opening things. And they um, think they find something. They find a truck with blood. Mm-hmm. It's empty, but there's blood. And so they call Alice, who signals Betty with a I love you sign in sign language. But, like, wiggling it. So, like, it's somewhere, surfs up? It's somewhere between I love you and the, the surfing hands. Yeah. So back out in the parking lot, we see this guy go into his truck. And mm-hmm. the three of them, Betty, Kevin, and uh, Reggie, all pop out with FBI jackets on. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. they're like, FBI! They took my badge and my gun, but they didn't take all my spare windbreakers. And we're like, we need you to open your truck because we're looking for contraband. So he does. And they're like, explain the blood. And he's like, I deliver meat. It's cow's blood. I, I did a huge meat delivery. Delivering this huge meat. And they're like, do you have proof? He's like, yeah, I got fucking paperwork. You want to see it? Like, what? 
I love the costuming for the, the, the girls' dance outfits. Yeah. Because, for one, that's just what Cheryl wears on a Thursday. Well, so what I mean, she, I guess it's not red enough yeah, for her. So that's but. the thing. The only thing that's red on it is there's, like, little nipple roses. <laughs> so what it would be what she would wear on a normal day, it would be all red leather with little black rose nipple spots. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. You know it's special because it's you've switched the colors. But I, I also really love how Betty's, like, sexy table dance outfit kind of looks like exercise clothes. <laughs> like, she could go to the gym in that. I... Not the shorts, but, you know. Now I feel like I want to go find the picture. So for, like, Halloween last year, Camila and and Lily and Madeline all, like, dressed up as the Powerpuff Girls. And I feel like <laughs> that shirt is the shirt that Betty wore. <laughs> or, like, that, that Lily wore. <laughs> it is, like, very similar from, like, what my brain remembers. It's probably not, actually. It's just blue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it makes me think of it. But, like, I, I do appreciate the way they tell story and demonstrate characters through costuming on the show very consistently. Yeah. <laughs> That's the closest thing Betty has ever owned to working for this. But, like, Veronica, Cheryl, they got this set. Tabitha apparently has a little bit of a wild side. Tabitha goes clubbing. You don't know what she does on her days yeah, off. Yeah, that very much looks like something Tabitha would wear. Yeah, like, go clubbing. yeah. And, of course, like, Veronica's is, it's black, it's sheer, it's very elegant, it's, like, geometric. Yeah. It's very Veronica. Yeah. yeah. Things. Uh, Jackson and Archie goes to this guy's house, mm-hmm. and Archie directs them to go get the dogs, and he's gonna go inside. Well, first Eric protests, like, "Hey, what? what where are you going? Just, well, let's just get the dogs." And Archie's like, "Shut up! I'm here to torture a guy. You just go." So, so he goes in there, and guys, like, "Who the hell are you?" And he's like, "You and me, we're gonna have a real dog fight." <laughs> and then he throws he on, on <laughs> he puts on his brass knuckles and goes to fucking town. And like. He throws this guy out of his trailer, too. Like, Uh we're not not gonna beat you up inside the trailer. I'm gonna beat you up outside with my brass knuckles that I happen to own for some reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he's beating the shit out of this guy until they pull him off. Archie is just, like, king shit. Like, yeah, uh, go call the sheriff if you want. If you touch one more dog, I'm gonna dig your grave myself. Archie is... Archie's scary. Archie's scary. There's a lot going on with that boy. If Archie had gone to the war in middle school, Hiram would be dead by now. We would not have these problems. <laughs> so uh, back at the bar, they they have ended their night. Uh, they have the, the names and driver's license of 57 truckers. Which means they also made a pretty good take on, on the booze and cover. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'm sure Tabitha is down to do this forever. So, so Betty is not going to, you know, go home and get some sleep so she can go teach her class at the school. No, her, no, no. For what? Ah, uh, never mind. She is going to go do some background checks, and then tomorrow they'll do some more dancing. I mean, yeah, she's got to run 57 plates, 57 uh, uh, licenses. Uh, so Betty leaves by herself. Mm-hmm. And there is a latecomer. There's somebody who just missed the show, but he was really hoping to, to see some fine boot scootin' boogies. Uh, and, and when Betty's talking to him and telling him to come back tomorrow, she notices some blood on uh, the door handle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she she puts on her sultry, but I could be down for some fun. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, you want to get inside and go somewhere? And so she's like, yeah. And then she like stops in the front of his truck and like texts Tabitha. Yeah. Like, I'm glad she does, but I'm like, yeah. it's a little suspicious that you did. You could have done that, like, while walking. <laughs> but, so she does. She tells Tabitha, track me, I've got a live one, and Tabitha unfortunately gets the text, and by the time she runs out, they're gone. They've pulled away. Betty, you can't trust somebody who, sh- who uh, uh, comes late to a show. That does include a lot of people who actually put on shows. Why can the cut, ca- why does the curtain never go up? At the time printed on my ticket. Why? Why? Because one of the actors is trying to get a wood sliver out of their foot that's about three inches long. Or trying to figure out what to do with the tooth that just fell off their face. Hey, hey, that was act two when that happened. Theater tried to kill me many times. There's a reason I don't do it anymore. So so the two of them are cruising in, in the cab of this semi-truck. They're, they're having chit-chat, you know, a little small talk about, you know... Why'd you pass through town? I was visiting my grandma. She was sick. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I want to watch the light fade from her eyes as she takes her final breath. That's, that's what I'm into. It's a beautiful thing, really, watching someone pass. 
This dude really loved season four of Fargo. He was all about that shit. So then Creepy McCreep Creep is like, hey, do you mind if we stop in the middle of nowhere so I can stretch my legs? And pee. He definitely has to pee. He has to pee. So he gets out, walks around the back of the truck while pulling out a giant fucking knife and walks around to Betty's door. And when he gets there and he goes to open it, she kicks it the fuck into his face. Um, he, he is like knocked out for a second. So she, she gets out of the truck. Takes her eyes off of him. So she can call Tabitha and let her know where she is. And she turns around and the guy's not fucking there. So then what happens? Well, the guy pops back out with a fucking chainsaw. (laughs) Which makes me think, like, he pulls it out of the back of the truck. Is he just hauling chainsaws? Is he coming from the chainsaw factory? Yes. (laughs) Betty runs and gets in the truck. Mm -hmm. And he starts chainsawing the side of his passenger door. Yeah, and the the sparks just flying up through the window. It's a great effect. I love it. If you can't tell, we've gone to full slasher movie shit. The score is blaring and discordant. I love it. Here's my thought process here. Betty's in the truck. Yes. She's like, fuck, I can't get away. And she's like looking for stuff and she finds a wrench, right? Yes. Okay, so obviously this must mean the keys aren't in the truck. Right. Why doesn't he just use his keys to open the door (laughs) instead of chainsawing his own personal property? One of them has the keys. One of them is making a mistake here. Yes. If the keys are in the ignition, Betty could have just drove away and then backed up over him. I think I think Betty has the keys. Because she doesn't want evidence. She doesn't want, you know, to take him out. She wants a hostage. She still she could have prisoner. She still could have sideswiped him with the truck. She could try. To knock him out and, like, break the chainsaw. Like, come on. Maybe, she's been driving trucks for a few weeks. She knows what she's doing. Maybe the keys were lost when she kicked him in the face with the door. With her big old stompy dancing boots. I have to say, I have questions. You know, he's, he's chainsawing the side. She's got a wrench. But then he stops, and she's like, where the fuck is he? Well, you know what? Now he's on the fucking roof of the truck, and he has chainsawed in and just missed her head. <laughs> yeah, we're seriously following slasher rules. If the camera is not on him, he can fucking teleport. That's how it goes. <laughs> she jumps out the side. And twists her ankle. <laughs> she's a motherfucker. <laughs> With her big stompy boots. And, and has to, like, find the wrench that she dropped. And I'm like, why the fuck did you, like... Leap out. You could have just stepped out of the truck. <laughs> but no, we had to, like, throw ourselves. Look, if Jamie Lee Curtis did it, she has to do it, too. Then she's, like, away, and he's coming at her with the chainsaw, and she's like, what the fuck am I gonna do? And so you know what she does? She fucking chucks the wrench <laughs> at his head, and his neck, like, snaps, and he's down. He's out cold wrench to the dome. And just at that moment, Tabitha arrives to save the day. And she's like, Betty, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine, but I need your help. And I guess this is when Tabitha gets her initiation of hiding dead bodies. Everybody's done it. She is so initiated. Absolutely. She's deep in the core now. This is what it takes. It's so fucking good. She's She's done drugs. She's had a sex hole adventure. She's somewhat dated Jughead. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them have smooched Jughead. Yep. When's Archie gonna smooch Jughead? Meanwhile, Archie and Jackson come home, mm-hmm. and Archie uh, goes straight up to the shower to avoid his uncle Frank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Frank's like, "Wild guess, y'all went after the dog fighter." Jackson's like, "Yeah." And Archie went fucking crazy. <laughs> And he's like, I can't be surprised after what he told me happened to Bingo. Jackson's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The platoon dog. Archie told me how you were pinned down in the foxhole. He couldn't save Bingo because of everything. And he's like, Bingo wasn't a dog. Bingo is like a dude, you know, like me. <laughs> it was Private Bingo. Private Bingo. This knocked me on my goddamn ass because... <laughs> This is a reference to 1960s Archie comics. Mm-hmm. Specifically, their title, That Wilkin Boy, starring Bingo Wilkin. <laughs> they killed Bingo, That Wilkin Boy Wilkin. <laughs> Off screen in the time skip. Yeah. <laughs> Just so they could have, like, this, this fake dog... 
plot and like as soon as it started you knew where this was going like the dog wasn't a dog it's a repressed memory or not so much a repressed memory but like Archie a, a doesn't want to admit it yeah he, he's covering up what he was really thinking and the name Bingo helps that story right but you killed Bingo Wilkins if Wilbur Wilkins was also in their platoon and died mm-hmm. I mean we already met his girlfriend back in chapter 42 the man in black yeah. so it is possible it is possible <laughs> Maybe we will learn about another person that died. But bingo. Bingo. Fucking bingo. Fucking bingo, Wilkins. B-I-N-G-O. Bingo wasn't a dog. (laughs) Back to Tabitha and Betty. Uh, Tabitha is all, you know, like, what do we do now? Betty's like, we gotta hide the truck. Mm -hmm. And then I got a place we can take him. And she's like, shouldn't we just hand him over to the fucking FBI? Because apparently he's not dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it really looked like his neck, neck snapped, so he kind of looked dead. It's one of those less lethal wrenches she was yeah, using. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Betty does not want to give him over to the FBI because she wants to question him on if he knows anything about Polly. And she is going to do that before the FBI gets him. What would Dilton Doily think of what has become of his sex hole? This is not the survival freak scout way. <laughs> I mean, he seems like he'd probably be down with, like, torture. <laughs> yes, but only in the defense of American hegemony, not not for any of this crime nonsense. Um, so, uh, Frank approaches Archie, and mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, Eric told me the truth about bingo. I've been to war. I know. I know about bingo's boy. And he's all, you know, if you would have gone back, you both wouldn't have made it. He's like, you can't save everyone. And Archie goes into this whole thing about how he's trying to save this town, but everything's so corrupt. And I'm like, that's not new, Archie. Yeah, yeah. You've known this your whole life. Remember when your girlfriend's dad sent you to prison? His prison? Archie, do you hear yourself? <laughs> uh, so, so Cheryl goes to Kevin again. Yes. And it's like, here you were called into the bee's office. Kevin's real fucked up. He's having an awful day. Can you believe the absolute disrespect of giving him a Teacher of the Year award? How dare they? He's so angry. And apparently Kevin is having basically a, a crisis, a life crisis. Yeah. Um, partly because of Fangs, but partly because his life, he is still in Riverdale. He is teaching at this awful school. He is not, like, producing Broadway hits. Etc. He he's so upset that he's excelling at the life he didn't want. And if it makes him feel better, that's probably more of a the only teacher we have this year award. Because <laughs> you're teaching every fucking class, Kevin. <laughs> if anyone else won the award, then he could be upset. So Cheryl's like, well, I feel like I have a solution that will help replace your artist soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My initial thought is the cult's going to have a musical. Obviously. Obviously. We're going to do Godspell. We're going to do J-Spell. Over at the El Royale slash Firehouse, Frank and Eric have turned it into a Clear the Shelter event. Yeah, yeah. This boxing gym, youth center, firehouse, dog shelter. (laughs) Is there anything this building can't do? Like, the the future of urban planning is mixed use. Absolutely. But there's a limit. There's a limit. And so Archie's very happy about it because they're working to try to, like, adopt a bunch of dogs out. And also, like, my thought was maybe they're trying to do a clear the shelter of, like, the shelter's previous dogs. Because they said they partnered with shelters so that way they can foster and rehabilitate fight dogs. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't just adopt those out right away. (laughs) That's how you get your army friend bit. That's what happened. Um, and Jackson's just having a great time, and he's decided it's finally time to name their dog, and he's like, can we name it Bingo, or is that really disrespectful? And Archie's like, no, we love him, so it makes sense. You know who this is all really, uh, uh, disrespectful to? Frank Doyle and Dan DiCarlo. They did not create the wonderful (laughs) characters of that Wilkin boy that everyone remembers (laughs) for this. I've totally read some of those. Of course you I, like, have. recognize it. This just, like, comes back to me. Like, wait. I've totally read some of this. It's because Dan DiCarlo drew it. It looks like all the others. They all look... It's a house style. It's over at the cult, mm-hmm. Cheryl, to everyone, is all like, you know, we've, we've realized that uh, making those around us feel good 
we find comfort in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So our closing hymn today. Well, she she gives like a short homily oh, yes. on comfort. She even drops a Bible verse that she does not quote. She expects everyone to have memorized Isaiah chapter 40 uh, verse 1. I haven't, but I did look it up and it fits. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Like she's totally on theme. She's doing a good job. And so she tells them that their closing hymn will be Everything is All Right from Jesus Christ Superstar. And singing with her Mm -hmm. is their new artistic director, Kevin (laughs) Keller. (laughs) I totally fucking said Uh Jesus Christ Superstar when I started talking about how, like, there's going to be a fucking cult musical. We're undefeated. We're unstoppable. We're a prediction machine, dear. I also, like, predicted she was going to recruit Kevin at some point. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's recruited Kevin. Well, yeah. He's just, like, screams cult. He's short a kidney. This is true! No one talks about the kidneys! (laughs) <laughs> so they sing every, or everything is alright throughout this we get some uh, cutaways we, we go see Kevin talking to Fangs and Fangs is apologizing that he didn't tell him they were just trying to figure out how to tell him that yes he and Moose are together but Kevin's like you got nothing to apologize to me for if, if you're happy that's great and wonderful and fa- I'm not spiraling I'm totally fine I'm totally fine now no, no. that I found Jesus in my old classmate's corpse. Kevin is not fine. We need to talk about Kevin. Why do we always need to talk about Kevin? Because the show doesn't. I don't know if you notice, but throughout all of this, Penelope just keeps downing the wine from the goblet. Yeah, yeah. Penelope is not happy with the, the turn her church has taken toward entertainment. So uh, she, she wants to preach fire, brimstone, and her blessed holy son. So just giant swings from the uh. goblet. <laughs> And um, Reggie and Veronica are just selling great. They're having a great time. And meanwhile, Cheryl and Kevin are doing a weird-ass candle dance. I appreciate the the whole pearls and posh plot for finally explaining, at least a bit, how so much damn money is coming into these people's lives. But can we talk about the candle dance? (laughs) They are doing, Uh like, I don't know the right time period. Uh Like, dancing Uh around each other. Type thing, but we got candles in our hands. A Regency dance. A Regency, there we go. Archie flashes back to seeing Jackson. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obviously later in the war, a little later in that yeah. day. Night, he, night has fallen. Now is when Archie's planning to go and get Bingo off of No Man's Land so we can dra- drag both him and Jackson to safety. And so he calls out to Bingo and there is no answer. And he turns to Jackson and he's like, why isn't he answering? Because he's dead. Bingo is dead. Because Archie's apparently an idiot. This is the guy that plays Private Eric Jackson. This is his best line read in his, what, five episodes now? This is his best episode. Also true. Also (laughs) true. He hits just the right amount of, like, camp and arch, but also, like, real pain. That mix that makes Riverdale work. He nailed it, man. In three little words. Uh, so Archie wakes up to his phone, and he finally got a call back from the VA, and he's like, yeah, I was calling about my friend. And then he hears a door, and he turns, and he sees the fucking ghost of Bingo! Uh-huh. Maybe all of Archie's war trauma just, like, reset all of his teen trauma. Like, that's just gone. Maybe he got a net gain. He's actually better off. And after seeing Ghost Bingo, he's like, I think I may need help, too. Yes! And I'm like, yes, yes, yes you fucking do, Archie. You've needed help since the pilot. Five when, seasons ago. Oh, my God. Like, you were seeing fucking werewolf people, <laughs> and now you're seeing Bingo zombies. ghosts. Soldier zombies. Somebody, somebody got cast as Bingo Wilkin. Do we know who yet? Somebody's job is to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm oh playing beloved Archie Comics char- title character, that Wilkin boy. I have no lines. I spend three hours in makeup. It's no different than Jason. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's chapter 89, Reservoir Dogs. I can't remember if I said it at the top, but this was written by Evan Kyle and directed by Gabriel Coria. Back again. One of the most prolific Riverdale directors. Okay, so we've looked up Bingo's actor. The zombie ghost memory of Bingo is played by Anthony Timpano. However, the character is listed as Benjamin Bingo Butler. That's some bullshit. 
You don't kill Bingo Wilkin and then not make him Bingo Wilkin. What the fuck? What? Stick what? to your guns. The no. guns in the war. The, the war? The war guns. Fuckers. Don't you mess with me like that. For shame. You killed Bingo Wilkin and you don't get to deny it. Don't deny it. So, darling, what did you think of chapter 89? I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> this was a good one. This was enjoyable. This was fun. There was good stuff going on. This was one that just felt good. Like, I I enjoyed. Like, we've been watching Archie lose his mind step by step, piece by piece, for 89 chapters. Yes. And we're finally getting to the point where that is intentional, clearly. Yes. I mean, it's not like it was an accident before, but, like, they are grappling with it. It is his A-plot now, is recognizing that. Yes. And we have to finally fucking do something about it. Get that boy help. Get the boy help. I would appreciate if the help he gets eventually also addresses his previous traumas. Right? Like, maybe we can, like, acknowledge the fact that, like, his first, like, relationship was bad. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That best case scenario, I really want that too. I hope for that. I don't expect that. But I think we can at least talk about his constant physical traumas. How many times has he been beaten? How many many people has he beaten in turn? And I don't just mean the boxing. Can you imagine him going to, like, this therapist and being like, well, yeah, so, like, that I think connects to the time that I dated my teacher. And then that was, like, when I was attacked by Bear Man. (laughs) And, well, that was when my girlfriend's dad kept trying to kill me and my family and then sent me to jail and then I had to work in the, like, illegal boxing. Uh, Archie, it seems you have some trust issues. Do you think this stems from... Oh, gosh, look at this list. I can tell you one thing this does not stem from. Your father. Your father was wonderful. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but we're in it, baby. Awoo, here we go. Choo-choo. Let's ride that Riverdale train. That's That's all there really is to say about this one, like... This is an episode that doesn't have any of the weird pitfalls. It's got plenty of fun, weird stuff, mm-hmm. but there's no point where you go, oh, come on. Oh, this is just good. Yeah, yeah. This is good. I, I don't know why we can't pick a time period for our <laughs> war, but... It's all of them. It's the war. Someone <laughs> heard the term America's Forever War, and it just got the wheels turning, baby. Hey! All right, let's go. But I I think everybody is doing fun things, is in a fun space to deliver on a next step. You know, no one's hit a dead end that like, well, that's over. Time to figure out something else. Like, uh, Kevin is still following through on where we last saw him, which is a surprise to me, a pleasant one. But he clearly has a a wealth of options ahead of him on where he goes from here. Yes. Uh, uh, The same with... Same with Cheryl, like, she converted real hard, and she seems to be making a power play with her mother again, but this is kind of a, a new way. Like, she, she's doing it by being more charismatic, by being, you know, more fun to be around than her mother's preaching, which is a very different field than just covering herself in pig's blood and screaming, <laughs> which I miss. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm making this point because I'm just thinking back on the, the like, uh, uh, posh and pearl, pearl and posh, the, the invest, pearl and posh, the investment, uh, uh, plot, because it doesn't end. It just starts. Yeah. It starts and it's fun to watch and then it goes and it's fun to watch and, and the end, they're still going, baby. Ching a ching ching. Ring that bell. It's really nice to see two characters have fun. Yes. And just have fun. We don't get that often, especially toward the end of seasons. Yeah. And believe it or not, we're moving toward the end of the season. Yeah, there's what, like two episodes left? <laughs> and then we will have a break between seasons that is much shorter than the mid-season one we, we just came back from. Yeah, it's only a few weeks, isn't it? <laughs> and then it's season six. Yep. Do you have any predictions? I think Tabitha actually was in middle school with the rest of the crew, and they all just forgot. They're, they're going to be looking through, like, picture day and... Wait a minute. And that's why she fits in so well with everyone. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So so Kevin's obviously in this cult because he's he's found a little bit of a purpose. Yes. Right? He's going to get more into it because he's gonna drink that maple drug infused wine or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's going to start seeing the ghost of Joaquin. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yep. And that's going to be his reason for being there, just like for Cheryl, it's seeing Jason. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Jason Christ. Chainsaw Trucker was doing like a scared straight thing to get girls off the highway. He is not a real murderer. The only thing that Chainsaw can throw is sparks. There, there was no actual danger. I want it to be that this was his first attempt at murder. <laughs> and when she goes to question him, he's just crying. Like, no, I really did come to see my grandma and she died. And like, I didn't mean to. I just thought it might be a thing to do. I got a sub-prediction. Season 6, all about the TBK. I feel, we haven't talked about it at I all. feel like we really have set that one on pause for a while. He either comes back never or next season. Well, so here's the thing. Glenn, still definitely the TBK. Because oh, yeah. now he's oh, yeah. just oh, yeah. strutting along in trucks on the lonely highway. He's mm-hmm. got an alibi. Like, oh yeah, I was being Mr. FBI man. But really, he's killing people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Duh. I figured out how the reservoir does come into this episode. Oh. Little Jinx drowned years ago in the reservoir, and her ghost is what's making the town so fucked up. <laughs> Everybody's drinking curse water from Little Jinx. They gotta appease her ghost. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. Cheryl will be the one to do it. Maybe. With her ministry. If we're just killing off lesser-known Archie characters, why not? Fuck them up. You're next, Wilbur. We're coming for you! <laughs> we're coming for you, Wilbur! Well, then let's talk about what we know is coming, aside from, again, our undefeated, batting a thousand uh, predictions. In chapter 90, up to a nice round number, The Night Gallery. Uh, The Night Gallery is not a film. Uh, uh, I believe they are referring to the anthology television series. Uh, It's what Rod Serling made after The Twilight Zone. Oh. More magic, less sci-fi than The Twilight Zone, but essentially the same concept. Spooky short fiction every week coming on your TV set. Yeah. What we know. Jughead's gonna be back. Hell yes. In group therapy. And uh, after he left Riverdale, he hit rock bottom. You don't say. Also, his book agent is back. I'm very excited. Archie's in a mine (laughs) and he sees... Bingo. This is the the Chilling Adventures uh, uh, crossover we've been waiting for. He goes down to a mine. He sees ghosts and demons and shit. Okay, here's my prediction that I couldn't say earlier because of this. Uh Uh-huh. He's mining for palladium. Obviously. What else would people mine around here? People have been talking about the palladium deposits for 33 years. And they had to figure out a way to work in a mindset because they had it all left over from Sabrina. Yeah, they had had a lot of hats left over. But yeah, so he totally sees a lot of bingo, and he's just freaking the fuck out. Also, someone drives an ancient Mercedes. This is a, a like a 50s car. I don't know uh, why we got a tight close-up on a car. Betty's going to torture her hostage. Where is she keeping her hostage? At school! Not the sex hole. What the fuck? At auto shop! Where the the city is. It's because she can, like, use the cables on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope it's after quitting time. I kind of wish she was torturing him in the closet under the stairs because no one looks there. <laughs> yeah, but you can't move the, the, the car jack to drop a pickup truck on him if he's in the closet under oh the God, stairs. Oh my is she going to, like, pour oil in his mouth? Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. Fast and the Furious? She's, she's going to give him the old Johnny Tran, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then, like, shove a rat on his chest with a bucket and heat it up. Please tell me she goes all fast and furious <laughs> torture on him. Forget where you are, Agent Hobbs. This is Brazil. No, it's not. It's Riverdale. It's very far from Brazil. <laughs> very far. But not not far enough from Montreal <laughs> that you will not come down for a dog fight. <laughs> I'm gonna make a whole day trip of it. I mean, first night, gotta go to the dog fight, obviously. Second night, Broadway. I hear this church is doing some good things. <laughs> oh, that's that's off, off, off Broadway. Go to the the wild foxes. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the fleet foxes. Actually, to be confused because they thought they were gonna go see a concert, and what they got was like a bar dance. These are not the tickets I thought I was buying. Yeah, somebody offered uh, uh, money to Betty for a lap dance, so she just did the choreography on his lap. Just <laughs> stomped his femur to pieces with her big stompy boots. Yes. So, that is another episode of Riverdale. And another episode of Sex Archie. Yeah. So you know what you should do? You should leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our podcast. Pretty please. I'm going to be nice to you this week because I'm your friend. You can also tell your friends, asshole. See, the good thing about good cop, bad cop is you can just switch. You can trade. 
But yes, word of mouth is the most powerful tool we have to inflict our pain on others. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on social media at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm. That's where we do tweets. So someone tweeted at us, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. On the day that this came out, uh-huh. what do you think they were tweeting about? Is it just the confirmation that Kevin and Fangs broke up? That's my top choice. I because think so. they know I was invested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably something to do with Kevin, or, or losing him to yet another cult. All of it? All just, just all of it, all of Kevin. What if somebody, after this episode aired and before we had a chance to watch it, just tweeted at us saying, Oh, congratulations. And they meant... There's a very sweet dog on the show again. Bingo's a pretty cute dog. I like Bingo. I'm excited to see more of Bingo yeah. as time goes on. The one Bingo, not the other Bingo. I hope we see both. We we know one I wanna is coming. I want to see more of the other Bingo too. I want to see both of them. But I, I like if the other Bingo also kept kept coming back. Yeah. Sometimes I think Midge is the most mistreated character in Riverdale history, but it could be Hot Dog, honestly. <laughs> Totally hot dog. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie, forget to the